Hello everyone and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host Lark. A little bit about the podcast if you're new. Basically, I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown, Brown County, Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown stories, you can email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com. As always, all of the articles used in today's episode are linked to the description should you want to check them out for yourself. All right, let's get into it. So today's episode is about a nomadic group of travelers that pass through Brown County. I had heard about this group from multiple members of my family, mainly my grandparents who had lived in Brown County their whole lives and retold to me their memories of this group of people that came through Brown County um, that lived a very nomadic lifestyle and, you know, there were claims that these people stole chickens and eggs and or traded their wares for food. And I had heard about this multiple, like I said, from multiple different people who had lived in Brown County their whole lives. I was having a hard time finding articles that specifically talked about this group, trying to identify who this group could have been, and all of that good stuff. And I was able to do a lot of digging, looking at a lot of historical articles from surrounding counties, as well as historians who have kind of pieced together who this group was. And I was able to find a lot of resources once I was able to identify who the group was on how this group lived, their lifestyle, who they were, where they came from, and all that good stuff. And this was a group of people that I have personally not heard of. And so I was like, I think this is really interesting. This group has been persecuted and discriminated against and just overall treated terribly. So I feel like it's important to talk about it and bring attention to it and educate ourselves. So that's our intent today. We're going to put our little historian caps on, go back in time and look through history, talk about discrimination, racism, you know, all that fun stuff. America. Don't we love it? Anyway, so let's get into it. We'll start from the top like we always do, break it all down, go through all the details together, and hopefully learn something. Alrighty. So, like I said, having grown up in Brown County and talking with my grandparents, who also grew up and spent their whole lives in the area, I had heard many stories about a touring group of nomadic people who traveled through Brown County in a caravan. Now, these stories range from the group asking for food, like I said, trading goods for food and necessities to, you know, ultimately criminal acts such as stealing chickens. Now, this group would have passed through Brown County as early as, you know, 1880s to 1900s, all the way up to 1940s and 50s, which is where my grandparents around that time had their experiences with this group. But the stories I found online range, like I said, from as early as the 1880s up into 1940s. Now, I was immediately intrigued by this group. I had kind of assumed, because I was having a hard time finding anything about this group and who they could have been, that this was kind of maybe like a local legend in and of itself. Also, you have to think about it, like, you know, 
Great Depression era, it's just that it was a different time in our country in terms of like there were a lot of people living a nomadic lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? And there was a lot of like moving around trying to find food and, and resources and things of that nature. So it, I, it's just it was really hard to like pinpoint who this group could have been, I guess. But after an extensive internet search, I found a lot more details about who this group uh, was. Now, throughout Indiana in the 1880s to the 1910s, there were several news articles I found regarding a group of what was then considered to be, and I hate this word, but this is the word they used, gypsies, that traveled around southern Indiana. Now, gypsy, this is the reason why I hate this word, is a derogatory word, and the correct word is Romani. However, all of the articles, as I'm sure you're aware, they're written in the 1800s, 1900s, 1940s, (laughs) and they like using that word. I will be, for the purpose of this episode, replacing that word with Romani. So anytime I use Romani, know that the news article was not using the appropriate word. They were using the derogatory term gypsy. Now, another note on this is that the group in question that we're going to be specifically getting into, was not actually Romani. So keep that in mind. You know, isn't stereotyping and racism fun? Hashtag history, am I right? So to give a little background on Romani travelers, in case you're like, who are the Romani? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll give you a little, you know, some details about who they were, how they worked, a little brief history of them, even though they were not the group in question here. So the Romani are an Indo-Aryan ethnic group that are traditionally known for their nomadic lifestyle. They live and travel across Europe, but are present in other areas of the world, such as America. The Romani people are known by the word gypsy. However, that word is derogatory due to its connotations with illegality and is used as a racial slur. In 1971, the attendants of the World Romani Congress voted to reject the word gypsy for its negative and stereotypical connotations. It is estimated that there are around 1 million Romani people living in America at this time, and Romani people throughout history have suffered greatly and been persecuted. So during the Holocaust, for example, between 220, it's estimated that between 220,000 to 1 million Romani people were killed. And in Czechoslovakia, Romani were labeled as socially degraded stratum, which meant that the Czechoslovakian government forced sterilization on Romani women as part of the state's policy to reduce their population, which is so crazy. We've talked about forced sterilization before on this podcast, where we went through some of the things that was happening in, I believe, 1910, because in Indiana specifically, they were the first state to enact forced sterilization as a policy on people that were in mental institutions at the time. And I just, it's wild. It is wild. And then because Czechoslovakia dubbed Romani people as this socially degraded stratum, that then enabled the government to enforce sterilization on Romani women. And you would think, I'm like, okay, well, maybe things are a little bit better. No, they're not. Because France in 2010, which was only, what, 13 years ago, demolished 51 Romani camps and deported all of the Romani people that were a part of those camps and living in those camps 
They So they rounded up all the people that were living in those 51 Romani camps in France, which was estimated to be around 300,000 people, and they deported them and made them leave. Made them leave to these random countries that they thought that they might originally have come from. And that was only 13 years ago. Absolutely wild and terrible. And I'm just kind of like introducing this history, one, so that you are aware of the like context and the stereotyping and the negative connotations and the like just derogatory comments that people had and against Romani people and people that were living in similar lifestyles as Romani people, because that was a thing. It's like America and other countries specifically talking about Europe, did not have a positive outlook on Romani people. So anyone that could be stereotyped as being Romani or of Romani characteristics, whatever that means, was also deemed negatively and treated badly based off of their lifestyle that was similar to Romani, if that makes sense. And I say this because the articles we're going to be talking about only have terrible things to say about the group that was traveling through Brown County. Like, nothing they said is positive. It's like an us versus them type situation. You're the outsider. You're less than. We're the locals. We're better than you because we're white, ultimately. So, a publication in June of 1885 described this traveling group as, and I quote, a crowd of people of very low order, a depraved class of humanity, filthy and dirty, who demonstrated their brutish character when they urged two bears to fight. Which, you know, the most interesting thing about that is the bears. Where'd they get the bears? Did they just, like, stumble upon these wild bears and force them to fight? Or did the locals of this town have the bears? Like, where are the bears? Who has the bears? It's interesting. It's interesting. That's what I noted. The two bears fighting. November 1903, a newspaper article came out that described the group as a, and I direct quote, a band of thieving Romani are headed toward counties in northern Indiana from Benton Harbor, setting fire to woods, picking pockets, and breaking into stores. Which, like, I'm sorry, but, like, setting fire to woods? For what purpose would they do that? Come on. It's too much work. For what? For who? Like, Why? Anyway, moving on. August 24th, there was an article posted with the title, Marooting Romani Band Visits the Town. Often in these articles and others, I found the town people would force the group out and then tell them not to come back, which is just like, um, rude? Like, Karen, shut up and sit down, please. Lots of these stories in the news articles I found focused on the perception of the group as being immigrants, less than, and poor, ultimately. That's all they cared about was like, oh, you're poor? Literally leave. You're poor. You're dirty. You can't, like, talk to us. Which is like, girl, it is 1930 in Brown County, Indiana. You live in a dirt hut on a dirt road. Like, I'm sorry, Mary Ann, but you're gonna sit there really from your dirt house and talk to me about being dirty? Girl, you walking around barefoot getting ringworm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't got no electricity and you out there with the pigs. Like, I, you know, who are you to judge, girl? It's just, it's just like, chill. Literally chill out. You don't have a grocery store with a refrigerator. You have to go dig a hole out back to keep stuff cool in the summer. Like, 
a year ago, your whole family was starving in the woods alone because the Great Depression was happening. You know, like, I'm sorry, but, like, you can get off your high horse because if you didn't have your 10 chickens laying them eggs, you'd be living in squalor, too. You're really gonna sit there and tell me that Brown County, Indiana in the 1910s was where it was at? Absolutely not. That place was, I'm, no. The Hills and Hollers was about as good as it got. You know what I'm saying? Like, girl. No. No, ma'am. You need to look around and check your privilege. It's wild. People are wild. So there were many claims of theft and property damage in all of these articles associated with this traveling group of people that would pass through periodically. However, most of these claims revolved around theft of food specifically and chickens, particularly eggs. Which, like, tells me that this group was hungry and had the locals of Brown County maybe been a little bit more welcoming and a little more chill, that maybe some of their eggs and food would not have been taken in the first place. Like, maybe if you would have been open to, like, trading for something, you wouldn't have had, like, all of your eggs the next morning gone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hmm, well, maybe you should have thought about it. Maybe you should have been a little bit nicer, and it would have worked out for the best. Now, I found an article posted in the Brown County Democrat that talked about how the fairground in Brown County, which was, of course, like a big deal because, again, Brown County, 1910s, what are you doing with your life? You're doing absolutely nothing. There's literally nothing going on. So the only mode of interest and excitement that you had was a, was a carnival that would come through once a year. That's it. That was all you had on your calendar to look forward to. Everything else, devastation, sadness, you know? If you're not out back cutting wood for 10 hours and, like, you know, trying to find food for your starving family that lives in a dirt hut on a dirt road, like, what are you doing? So the fair was the one thing, this carnival fair, whatever you want to call it, was the one thing that people had to look forward to. And guess who owned it? Guess who ran it? You want to take a little old guess? This traveling troop that they hated so much and treated like absolute crap. They were the ones that ran this carnival, y'all. So I don't want to hear you crying, Margaret, in the background about how you don't like them because they're the ones ultimately bringing you popcorn, giving you the turt twirl, and, you know, creating some fun in your life. Did you think about that? Didn't think so. So this fair, this carnival, would come, it came between the years of 1930 to 1940, and it came every year. This group, specifically that ran the carnival, traveled to the U.S. and put on their carnival tour coming to Nashville once every year. And it's just like, you don't have no room to be mean to these people that you just deem as like poor or less than or dirty because they bring in you fun. And they wouldn't have to. They could have just skipped this sorry little dirty little town. They decided to stop. So it's like, can you really, do you really have that much room to hate on them so much? No. No, you don't, because you like your salted popcorn. You can't sit and tell me that you don't. You do. You're going to sit there and tell me, Margaret, in your dirt hut, in your dirt house with your dirty kids, that you don't think about cotton candy? Girl. You know what I'm saying? It's like, calm down. Look around yourself before you go judging or whining or being racist. Look around where you're living. What you doing? And chill out. Moving on. So, from what I found about this group that traveled through Brown County and who my grandparents and other locals in the town in the mid-1940s to 50s remembered, this group, like I stated, is not Romani. Are you ready? They're called Irish Travelers. Now, I had never heard of Irish Travelers before in my life. 
And when I tell you that my entire family is Irish, like 99%, and I've never heard of an Irish traveler, I feel like a scam. (laughs) I feel like a scam. So who were the Irish travelers? They were a nomadic group of people who traveled from Ireland during the time of the potato famine, or as a lot of people in Ireland call it, the Great Hunger in 1845 and settled in the U.S., living a nomadic lifestyle similar to how they had lived in Ireland. Now, I want to be clear, not all Irish immigrants that came from Ireland during the Great Hunger to America were Irish travelers. They are distinct. They are different because Irish travelers, when they lived in Ireland, also lived this very nomadic caravan type lifestyle which is clearly not how everyone from Ireland lives. So they are different. There was believed to be around 10,000 Irish travelers who immigrated to the U.S. during the time of 1845. However, there is no way to be sure how big their population is or the exact number of Irish travelers in the U.S. as the U.S. census does not recognize them as an ethnic group. The Irish travelers were characterized in the news articles by living in a large traveling group and being poor, dirty, and thieves, which is very similar to how Romani people were characterized in the news as well. Now, Irish travelers' primary trade was repair work and carnivals. Now, according to multiple articles I found, they stated that Irish travelers are incorrectly referred to as gypsies, but they are not genetically related to the Romani people at all. Genetic analysis has shown Irish travelers to be of Irish extraction and that they likely diverged from the settled Irish population in the 1600s. Centuries of cultural isolation have led Irish travelers to become genetically distinct from the settled Irish. Irish traveler rights groups long advocated for ethnic status from the Irish government, successfully succeeding in 2017. Irish travelers, much like the Romani people, face and have been the subject of political and cultural discrimination. There have been major political emphasis in Ireland based on blocking Irish travelers from housing in local communities, as well as entrance into even like shops and hotels. So basically, the Irish government is like, our platform is we hate Irish travelers and don't allow them in our town, point blank, period. There is a general prejudice against Irish travelers that prohibits them from integrating into American and Irish society. Because Irish travelers are a minority group, they face discrimination based on their ethnicity as travelers and do not have equal access to education and other such resources. Ugh, it's so gross and frustrating. It's like, oh my gosh, just leave them alone and let them have school. Like, let them go to school. Let them take care of their families. Let them have housing. Stop. According to an article I found, it stated that in 2016, the USA's country reports on human rights practices for the United Kingdom stated that Irish travelers reported receiving discrimination on racial racial or ethnic grounds in the country and stated that the high court had ruled that the government had illegally discriminated against Irish travelers by unlawfully subjecting planning applications to special scrutiny. It's so frustrating. Now, all of the art stories that I heard about and read about the Irish travelers that passed through Brown County 
The Irish travelers were depicted in a very negative way. They were viewed by locals as a nuisance. They were bad. They were deemed bad for business and behaving in what were deemed like criminal activities, aka stealing food and trespassing. Now, the one positive story I heard was that an Irish traveler woman traded a beautiful clay pot for fresh eggs from my own grandma, and my grandma still has the pot. However, this group, the Irish travelers is a minority, and they faced, by both locals and the government body, persecution and discrimination based on the sole fact that they are from a different country and live a nomadic lifestyle. Irish travelers and Romani groups alike just want to survive. They want to take care of their families, they want to feed their families, and they just want to live their lives. You know, like all of us, they deserve access to resources such as housing, food, and education, point blank, period. So let's all get off our high horse and just be nice to each other, please. Brown County, I see you living in the dirt, girl. You don't got no room to talk, okay? Your little town of 1,500 people, who most of them, by the way, have a meth addiction. Anyway, moving on, you're not one to judge. That's all I'm saying. Not one to judge. <sighs> but anyway, that was today's story. I thought it was interesting. I'd never heard of Irish Travelers before, so I wanted to share. Maybe you hadn't heard about them either, and now you know. So the next time you're maybe perusing old news articles and you see these very racist, derogatory, just negative connotations of nomadic groups that were traveling around America, next time you read them, now you have a little bit more knowledge of like what was actually happening. It was um, people just not liking them, period, for the way that they lived. So <laughs> don't we love that? Anyway, that was today's story. Next time, next episode will be about a shootout slash attempted murder of two women that happened in Brown County. It is wild. It is a crazy. It is full of drama. So if you're excited to spill the tea with me on this attempt did shoot out. I would love to share it with you and we'll go through that. Anyway, as we always say here on the pod, stay safe, stay hydrated, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye!